Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Hey Sister. Hey, sister, how you doing over there? Doing well, just about to start this watch party so everybody else can join in on this very important conversation about cybersecurity. So that's what I'm about to do. How are All you? All right. I'm doing good. I'm trying to start the watch party too. Got to make sure I turn the volume down so it doesn't cause any type of interference, all that good stuff. Well, tonight we are so excited to be joined by one of my fellow Xavier Wrights, class of 2005, uh, native, born and raised in the ATL, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, what is what do they call it? The city that was too um too something to hate. I don't know what they say anyway. Whatever. <laughs> this is the thing what you need to know about Miss Amber C. Williamson. She is unapologetic. She knows her stuff. She's very detailed oriented and um constantly honing her craft in this area. That's why when we met for the first time this summer, I was like, we're going to have to get you on Hey Sister to have a conversation with us, with the folks um, out in our community, because this is the issue that is, it's, it's not going anywhere and it's not getting any easier, right? So we really need to know what we're up against because we just don't know. Because, and, but as the Bible says, uh, people perish for lack of knowledge. So we're going to make sure we get the knowledge that we need. Hey, Jody, how you doing? We got folks already watching. Please share with your folks. Let them know that we're going to be talking about cybersecurity tonight. And October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And that's another reason why we want to have Amber on tonight. So, Amber, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, in true Hey Sister fashion, y'all, we are going to start off with a couple of hot topics. Y'all see, I'm putting my finger on my head right here. We're going to pray for you. Yes, thank you. All right. I needed that moment. <laughs> I needed that moment. So we're going to talk about tonight. So if you were... um if you've been watching the news this past week, um, number 45 has been in the news a lot, as he is every day, as they start talking about impeachment and the potential, uh, all the different hearings and different things that are going on. And we got a cyber expert on tonight, so we gonna, she can probably dive into some of those topics for us. But we want to talk about, since all of us are HBCU graduates, we want to talk about the visit to Benedict College. So this past week at Benedict College, there was a forum on um, criminal justice and number 45 received some sort of award. But the kids on campus were feeling some kind of way about his visit because they were basically told, um, y'all don't need to come. Uh, I think uh, uh, 10 people <laughs> were invited to attend and it was the rest of y'all stay in your dorms. We're going to send some snacks between one and two because we don't want none of y'all to mess up and even attempt to come on outside. I don't know, sister, what you think about that situation? And do you think it would have went down like that at your Southern University? 
Oh, uh, well, actually, first and foremost, let me shout out the New Orleans Saints on their win today um, against the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I have to go to the store with my shirt on just so they know always and every day I'm always going to represent. But anyway, um, so actually something very similar did happen at Southern University while I was a student there. We had a visit from Al Gore and at the time he was vice president and he was of course slated to run for president. And we were we were locked down. I mean, it was uh it was swift and it was immediate. Um we had heard rumors that you know he would be coming, but nothing was confirmed. And then the day he arrived, um, you know, at the time we had Mr. Uh, you all know him as David Banner. Uh, as our SGA president, who's always been very, very vocal about things. And, um, you know, he let it play out. But afterwards, he he had a lot to say about how quickly they come on your campus and take over it. And mm-hmm. so before we knew it, we you could not leave campus. If you were on campus, you couldn't leave. If you were off campus, you couldn't uh, come on. Um, now, we were not restricted to stay in our dorm rooms because obviously they wanted it to appear that students were there for, you know, uh, Mary Landrew was there. Uh, like I said, Al Gore was the, the the primary focus. So they wanted it to look like students were actually engaged. So that's what's, what's interesting about this Benedict College situation that they actually did not want students to be engaged. And I guess we, we understand why in, in this day and age, but yeah, it was something to see like within seconds, you had snipers on the roofs of our uh, library. And uh, it, it was a scene that I, I wouldn't soon forget because I was just like, it happened. Like I said, it, it felt like in a matter of of minutes and, and they take over your whole campus. Wow. Well, um, Amber, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, uh, uh, 45 coming onto the campus and we understand the security. So um, if anybody's ever been to the inauguration, you know that security ain't no joke. The snipers are for real and they got long rifles <laughs> <laughs> and they on all top of all the buildings. Yeah. I don't know, but what do you think about uh, what happened this past week at Benedict College? I think it's a political move because when you look at everything that transpired, each HBCU president has to be able to receive some type of funding from the national government. And with that in mind, for him to make that presence and Benedict College have had a long legacy of what they've been doing, you know, they probably needed the funding. They probably need to show their presence. So in order to make him look good, they give him this lofty award that he did not deserve. And, you know, again, they're making a, a political stunt, but you also have to keep in mind, not a lot of your politicians probably did attend the HBCU. And then another thing is that you dealing with students that they are up in debt. They really don't want to see him come out there trying to start another war, civil, physical, mental, whatever type of war that you have going on. And next thing you know, everybody over there been to college having a ride and is being blasted in all the social outlets. Because keep in mind, he doesn't like seeing it. He don't like Washington Post. He only want Fox News. So guess who did all the coverage over there? Fox News. Because he feeds the information to him him as in Sean Hannity and the crew. So it's a political stunt, like he cares for the black people. But you know, again, everybody in the South is what, 60, 70, 80% black-ish. You know, predominantly all your HBCUs is what, 50, 60% black-ish. 
So where's the minority? Where's the diversity? Where's the inclusion? Again, it's a political stunt because, you know, when it's all said and done, I will be surprised if he get another term. And I'll be surprised if he does anything great for the HBCU community because that's just a, a political show. Well, what I, what I will say is I do, again, my question to the administrators would be, if it were still President Obama in the White House, would they have made the same decision to lock the students down or keep them in their rooms? And if the answer is no, um, or if it were George W. Bush, if if the answer is no, they would not have that, uh, kept them away from this the area, I don't think this was right to keep the students away. Students have a right, especially because they pay money to go to these schools, a lot of money to go to schools. Um, they, they have a right to be a part of any and all things that happen on their campus. That's their community. And so if, you know, if it had been President Obama and it was a good situation, everybody had been out there cheering, smiling, laughing, great. But if it's not, if it's not, that's not the case, but you have this person come on the campus, then you got to take the good with the bad. Whatever happens, happens in terms of the reaction that the students would have had. So I think the fact that they tried to, um, you know, to stifle their ability to be out you there. Mean, you mean limit their First Amendment rights of free, 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 yeah. free season protests, yeah. that part, and we're supposed to be in college campus? Okay, we're going to move on to the yeah. next topic, girl. The next hot topic for this evening is still related uh, because Jeff. it was announced today that um, one of the ISIS leaders, um, uh, let me get the name right, Abu Bakr el-Baghdadi, um, was killed in a raid um, that happened last night, similar to when uh, several years ago when it was announced that bin Laden was um, was killed in um, a, a secret mission in a raid. Now, what's interesting about this to me as it relates to 45 is um, I did not watch his meandering press conferences because I can't do it anymore because I like people that speak in complete sentences. Um, but you know, he he took all of the you know the praise and the adulation. Although he tweeted some years ago that oh well, Obama didn't do this, the Navy SEALs did it. Well, you didn't do this either, and I think that's one of my greatest issues. Um, is that true leaders accept the praise, but they also accept the criticism. And so just like with the Benedict College situation, if you can go onto a campus and receive an award, you also have to be able to stand in the kitchen with the heat if people are protesting. You know, you, the, the security is going to be same, right? The sniper is going to be there. They're going to have barricades, the traffic um, contra flow and all the different things. All of that is still going to happen. But you have to be able to stand in take. The criticism. That's what real leaders do. And I think that's probably what my biggest issues is. You know, I'm not happy or I never really happy celebrate anybody being assassinated. I mean, I understand um, what it meant, but I also know that according to news reports that I have been reading, you know, the military, this was almost botched because of the actions, the decisions he made to um, abandon the Kurds in their fight against holding territory in Syria against Turkey. 
and the military had to move up their timeline to get this done and because he was it was going to be messed up because they've been planning this secret mission since the summer so two points to your statement the first one is when obama spoke at the commencement in 2006 i happened to be there so at the time he was senator obama gave this elaborate speech we didn't know that he was running for president 10 years later after katrina already struck campus this and the other you know it was a huge flood of folks over there at that student center you know it just like i know it so it's not about just the freedom of speech. It's more of freedom of the press and people really want to see that man on campus. And there probably were people over there from Louisiana and Timbuktu to come down there to want Jackson Drive to try to kill him. But you know how much protection down there in New Orleans, they weren't going to allow that to happen, especially on holy grounds over there at Xavier. So I guess it's a difference between the times as for racism, how racist that you really want to be from a, from a scale of one to ten meaning two for Obama and 30 for 45, because if it would have been us at Benedict College and he was on campus giving this hoopla speech, like he done seen Jesus like Kanye West, I think I would have had a different reservation at that point because, you know, it's like, you going to hell just like we all going to hell at this point. So why should I sit up here and give you any type of reservation about the whole situation? You know, you, you really didn't do your job. And speaking about not doing your job, let's fast forward to now. I don't know if y'all saw the picture in the situation room and yes. it was him, it's him and, all, and and thank you. Everybody was smiling. It looked like Jesus done looked down on us crying. That what it looked like is I got this tough macho man persona when the reality is you don't like the military, but you lying to the military saying that we're going to bring you home. You don't need to be doing war. This and other. Again, it's a political stunt and a financial stunt because he has territory over there in Turkey. So if I pull myself based off of his sons running the operations talking about I don't want government funding. Y'all don't have to pay me. I just take my funds and revenue from my hotels and stay. Guess what? We still paying for everything else. So it's just another press op because that's all he known for is to take pictures, have that mean mugging look like he looked pissed off, like he need to go to the bathroom and have a number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. You know, he's an embarrassment to these United States when it's all said and done. So Political stage stunt is what it is. Okay, well, we hear Amber's opinion. Sister, what's yours? And then we're gonna get into um, the main crux of our show. Um, yeah, so I, I think I woke up this morning and turned it to uh, um, CBS this morning or, or, or something and Face the Nation came on and this was breaking news on Face the Nation about um, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi. And, um, to your point, number one, I cringe every time I hear 45 speak because it just feels like I'm listening to a a third grader trying to read SAT words. It's it's you very giving third grade, you you give a third graders a bad name, girl. Thank you. Well, it's it's it is it's it's challenging for me. But what bothered me the most was um so of course, you know, I, I always talk to my daddy as my um as my measuring stick, my barometer for, okay, am I, am I, how am I looking at this? Am I looking at this the right way? And so of course, to your point, if you're, you're saying this was something that was planned in, in, in the summertime, and my immediate reaction was like, oh, well, isn't this timing perfect for 
you know, considering all this other stuff that that is going on around him, isn't this uh, a convenient time to, you know, come across so patriotic because we took down um, a leader of ISIS? But uh, you know, in, in, in talking to dad, one of the things he, he said, you know what, I can't always rely on, obviously we can't rely on 45's intelligence, but the military's intelligence, the intelligence of um, the, the people who are in, in charge from, from that perspective is something that we can typically rely on. And so they they made the decision. He, he feels confident that they made the, the decision when and how they had to. So I can respect that. What I can't respect is there seemed to be a sheer joy that he got out of announcing this man's death. And that is pandering to his base in a way that, you know, to, to continue to feed into this uh, Islamophobia and xenophobia. I, that's the part that really, really struck me because I thought back to when President Obama um, announced about uh, bin Laden or when even as dad pointed out when Bush announced about Saddam it was just we got him that's it but to go into all the detail that he went into and the part that really struck me is the fact that you know he called him a dog a coward okay all those things may be true but you also said that this man had his children with him and no kids didn't have anything to do with this so he blew himself up and killed his kids as a result. That to me is not something that we we should be better than that. And that's the part that I keep I keep um, harboring on when it comes to forty five. It's like we should be better. We should be better than to celebrate someone's demise, especially when children are involved. So. The the thing is. We must be willing to forgive because that's what the Bible says that we must forgive. And at the same time, you might have that issue of not being able to forgive and forget. But when it's all said and done, the blood is on his hands and the blood has been on his hands for several years at this point. You know, the blood was on his hands with with the situation with separating the children from their parents uh, across the border. The situation where soldiers overseas are getting killed daily, the transgender issue, the issues of weapons of mass destruction that's going on in the States. But you're talking about we got terrorist issues overseas and in the States. It's not the terrorists that's coming into the States. It's already generated. You know, if we want to go back to Jim Crow and Ku Klux Klan and all this other stuff and or the Black Panther and Black against Black crimes or White against White crimes or this and other, I mean, it's still there. He just bringing it back up to what it was before in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 60s, all the way up to now. You know, racism is not dead. He just happened to liven it back up because he is that pun. So when it's all said and done, he got to meet his maker. The blood is going to be on his hands and it's not going to look good on him. And if you're thinking that we're going to consider him as revert and just having him in a high standard, the high standard is going to be between him and his maker. We can't sit up there and judge him. We can sit up there and criticize and do whatever we got to do because we are human. But when it's all said and done, the blood is on his hands and he got to take full responsibility. He can't sit around and put this on his children. He got to be accountable for his own actions when it's time for him to either go to heaven or hell. Well, that's going to be interesting because I don't think he believes in either. So we're going to move on to the to, to the, the point of our conversation tonight. And that's about cyber security. So your shirt says eat, sleep, hack. So 
Miss Amber, I guess the first question we have tonight is, can we even protect ourselves at this point? Because the data shows that there are hacks and breaches that are going on by nefarious characters each and every day. I don't know how to get invited on the dark web. Clearly they don't want me because I have no skills of any sort, but that's where all the action is happening on the dark web. So, you know, what is what can we do to even protect ourselves? You can either A, don't engage yourself in the activity, which I know a lot of people don't engage in social media, which is probably a great thing for them. But for us, I think it's more about the education and awareness, because when you look at social media platforms and you have to understand how the organizer actually created the platform, it used to be in the house as a means of communication amongst their peers at the time. But as technology evolves, a lot of loopholes are in the mechanism because security wasn't as critical versus what it is today. You know, you have a lot of hackers that are coming in doing malicious things, but you have people that are in the industry that want you to be more protected. And a lot of it had to deal with the level of security and encryption that you want to have for yourself. Uh, just be vigilant as for changing your passwords, like you change your undergarments. You need to be changing them every, I just say every 75 days or so. Think of it like corporate America. You need to change your passwords because you just don't want to have anybody to come into the system. Uh, you need to set up some type of alert saying, hey, my account been breached, like my email or my bank account, things of that nature. We just need to be very educated as for what we need to do because anybody can go behind you and, and so, you know, show the serve and get your password or they can just figure out your last keystroke and get into your passwords. It's all about changing passwords longer than six characters. You don't need to have 10, 10 different short characters having zero through five or password or your first name or your baby mom, baby daddy name. You need to have something that's going to be really encrypted to the point that nobody can hack into it. Okay. So then speaking of that, so what do you think about, so Google, um, if you use Google, like Chrome or whatever browser you use, Firefox does the same thing. It really doesn't matter. Um, Apple does it on there with their Safari browser. What do you think about all of the um, suggested passwords that they put out there for you to use? What are your thoughts about that? I think it's based off the algorithm uh, from artificial intelligence, because if they look at one password that you had before, they try to manipulate it again uh, to see what you have again and, and possibly saving it in the browsers. But, you know, a lot of people do save the passwords on that main browser. But if it was me, I would definitely go into incognito mode that's in Chrome, uh, private browser that's in uh, Mozilla. Uh, Safari probably has something in there. But my favorite one that I've been going to has been called Brave, B-R-A-V-E. And it is the most secured uh, incognito type browser that you can go into and you can do all your activity and it automatically clears it off. You set up the security uh, settings in there for you to clear off your information. It does not have to store your passwords whatsoever. Mm. And you can even put you can even put those browsers on your phone because Mozilla has a private browser type for drawers and iPhones and I use it all the time and I have no issues but if you really want to be dark web-ish you can definitely go to the Tor Project T-O-R or Onion 
and you can actually download one of those browsers paid or free and you can go into the back channel and do all your work that you need to it might be a little bit slower but you're definitely going to be secured and nobody can't trace you back okay so my i'm already my, my i'm already look my head already hurts i think you spell did you it's brave or b-r-a-b as in boy b as in better oh it is brave okay okay it should be an orange browser that look like a lion Mm. So I have heard of Duck Duck Go as a browser as well. That was um, again doesn't save your IP address, doesn't save any of that. Um, so I'm, uh, but okay. So for the everyday user, let's just talk about for for us that's that's old and slow. Okay, because you you you're not you, old. Well, you but you a few years my junior sister, so I feel like I'm old and slow. Okay. <laughs> What you said? I was like, she's a, oh no, about ten years in junior. Ten years in junior. Thank you. Anyway, I don't know. I, my head, my mind is like going everywhere. Sister, what question do you have? I'm gonna let you go next because I'm like, dang, already I'm messed up. Insecure. <laughs> so secure browsing. Just so I know, when I go into because what I do is hit the little Chrome button on my computer and that's how I get into the, the secure browser. So how do I even start if I want to use Brave as my incognito browser? So Brave is already set up as a secure browser automatically. So we already have that particular uh, security feature that's already set up, which is probably a better feature than going to Chrome. Because if you go to Chrome and you hit the three little dots on the far right hand corner, you'll see new incognito window. That's the window is not supposed to store a lot of information on there versus Brave when you go into it. You can set your settings as for when you close your browser, it automatically deletes your history. I like Brave a whole yeah, lot like better. Brave because I open, I'm gonna open Chrome to browse to to search for Brave. Like, how do I even get to it? So Brave is www.brave.com should be the website, and so you have to download it from Chrome. Okay, you do, and have then and then it'll go from that. Now we ask if you want Brave to be your default browser. That's up to you because you know, internet. Uh, it used to be Explorer, which is now Edge. It's not the most secure browser out there, and people people from industry are recommending that you use Mozilla, which is the most secure than Chrome. But lately, it's been Brave because in the security industry, Brave is the most popular one. Okay, so my next question is: I'm gonna start with. Okay, we have. Let me throw this out here. Chantel okay. Shagapur said, can you send us a list? Like, can you send us like the the the, the top 10 to-do list? And then Jody, like me, she says, I'm old and slow and my head hurts. Like, we, we already messed up, okay? Well, you're not messed up because number one, y'all can change your password. So you do know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I've always wanted to talk about. I try to explain to my friends friends and family who always want to send those damn elf me or the the facebook what was it with the age um no that wasn't on facebook whatever that, that was apple, apple. I guess it was. the aging yourself which i'm like I, i'm seeing exactly how i'm gonna age i don't need to see it any faster <laughs> um but how do trying to get people to understand that when they participate in some of these things that this information is just it, it seems like fun, but it's another mechanism of 
getting your secure information. Can you explain like when it says elf me and or your your stripper name is what color underwear you're wearing and the month you were born in and your daughter's last name or your daughter's first name or something like that. Can you explain how these things then impact your security? So I've done those games before that's live on Facebook, and but I've never done the age situation because a lot of that information, especially on Facebook, what it does is it takes that picture of yourself and performs artificial intelligence and it can take the facial recognition component and use an algorithm to con- construct how you will look in the foreseeable future. And right. again, it's another way of how to get data because you got to look at it like this. You have brand new driver license. Mm-hmm. They have the double photo feature because, you know, back then we had those fake IDs or the old school lamination cards where you have that little stick of photo that you get from Eckert's. <laughs> and then they put it through the lamination and it'll take about how, how many weeks, two, three, four, five, a month or so to do it. You know, everything is so electronic. So basically those developers are able to do those types of algorithms to get your information. And what they're trying to do is sell your your data somewhere else. So the, the facial recognition portion and those games, I, I can 100% believe they might be up there in Russia. Who knows? But all that information is not secure, you know. How you look now, you might not look towards the mortician, but they're going to still steal your information and your facial recognition and use it to pass it on to somebody else. So you just need to be mindful and conscious as to how you want to protect yourself because so that you is being So you tell me they are using the because they those biometric points. because So this is mm-hmm. how the big fake videos is getting done. Thank and this you. is how they, mm-hmm. oh, so they can create an ID and a passport. Mm-hmm. Remember how the girl called herself trying to hop on that airplane over there at Delta Airlines? All she did was she took a selfie picture and created a fake ticket, and she was able to go in there because Delta has one of those one apps where it has the QR code with your information, and she was able to walk through. That's how they do it. And that's how she was in there clowning on that plane because she was in a mm-hmm. seat that didn't belong there. God mm-hmm. dang it! <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, can we talk about our money? Because the bank, because I, I received the email. I was like, this this don't even seem right. So the banks. Um, so I looked at it. Obviously, I didn't click on it because I just like, let me see who, who really sent this. So what's happening with our banking system? I mean, not only have all the banks been hacked, all the major department stores have been hacked. All of the IRS has been hacked. I mean... All of the pseudo loan agencies have been hacked. Even the credit reporting agencies have been hacked. I don't know why they didn't erase all our student loans while they were hacking. Thanks. Can, can you help us, sister, out, please? Help, help, help. See, that's my thing. Hackers, if y'all, I mean, don't sell my data. Go erase them debts. Help us all come up. Can we all come up anyway? So, so, so the problem is that. Banking institutions have always had hacking issues, and I'm just going to take it all the way back old school. How about those old school credit card machines where it had the carbon copy information that you put your credit card in and you swipe out two, three, four times? Only thing you got to do is just take the carbon film out and grab the number and, and, you know, you keep it going. But, you know, in this day and age, when you talk about things being breached, you're getting those spam emails saying, I'm from Nigeria. I need you to send me $10,000, blase, blase, blase. You know, all that stuff is phishing. You know, it's spam. It's fraud. But by law, the police department can't just sit up there and try to trace anybody 
they're doing it because they'll change that IP address and that email address associated over and over and over again. So I guess we just need to be vigilant as for have your credit monitored, even though Equifax have been on the news several times. Wells Fargo have been on the news several times and breaches. Bank of America been breached several times. I don't know any banking institution that hasn't been on the news besides the credit union. At least they have a little bit more sense than regular uh, standard banking. I don't trust a bank. But, you know, again, you need to change your password at all times and you need to have your stuff monitored. And I highly recommend that if you're going to do any type of backend transaction, use an antivirus program that's actually going to be secured that will allow you to go into your banking information. I use ESET, E-S-E-T dot com. Yes, it does look like iRobot, but I guarantee you that if you get the premium package for roughly $60, you won't get breaching to your financial stuff. That's a fact. I never had a problem with that. I used it for Indeed. I've used it for student loans. They automatically recognize what it is. E-S-E-T, not oh, C. E okay, okay, y'all ignore this one. Okay, let me, let me, I need to, okay. E-S, do that again. E-S. E-S-E-T as in Tom. E-S-E-T. Okay, and what does that do? What is this site for? It, it, it is an antivirus, uh, antivirus program, but it can use for firewalls, things of that nature. You want the premium package, and that premium package will allow you to access your banking account and monitor it. It also monitors your social media account. It, you can also put parameters on that for your kids. If they online, you can shut them down, literally. You can put on that. I, love, I never had a complaint with them. So speaking speaking of that, the something that I I know that we often do or people often do is when we go into public places, for example, that have free Wi-Fi because we have our Wi-Fi on all the time. We never really turn it on off, and we constantly connect to the Wi-Fi in um, various places. Uh, obviously, you know, we shouldn't check our banking information on a public Wi-Fi, but can you just, you know, express some of the, um, the danger we expose ourselves to when we're using public Wi-Fi? So anytime that you go to a Caribou or Starbucks or even a Hooters and other organizations that have free Wi-Fi, you never know what type of hacker or scammer or skimmers are out there because you might have a hacker inside of a Starbucks, for example, and they could perform a man in the middle attack there. So a man in the middle attack is you in the middle, Demetria trying to reach to me, doing some financial information. You see the information from your computer. The only thing you got to do is intercept and put a code in to block the traffic between Demetria to me to Demetria to you. And you can see all of that stuff that's going on. You know, there's a difference between having a white hat hacker, which is somebody that's good versus what you see on TV or the movies, a black hatter uh, hacker, which is basically somebody doing malicious attempts. But open Wi-Fi is not recommended. If you're going to do something pertaining to financial transaction, either do it at home at your own secure networking or just go ahead and purchase you a VPN. Those can be under 
$5 or $10, the more expensive it based off of your parameters, but you will be more secure having a personal VPN versus trying to do a open Wi-Fi because you're more susceptible to hacks. And not only that, you can get more viruses from an open Wi-Fi. So I don't recommend it unless it is saying it's secured and it says on the browser where it says HTTP, it might say HTTPS, then you know you're going to be secured. But anytime you're doing financial transactions, you know, if it doesn't say uh, HTTPS, you're not secured and definitely it's going to be a black hole. So I definitely don't recommend it. All right. So we have a question here that says, does Xfinity have a program like ESET? Maybe, but I don't trust Xfinity Comcast like I trust anything else. Just buy the program for sixty dollars, boo. <laughs> Guess you said that then. Um. Mm. So something else that I wanted to ask you about. Well, let me just throw out to the people: if you guys have questions, those of you who are viewing live, whether you are in the Hey Sister page or on the watch party, if you have specific questions about your cybersecurity situation, please ask. And I also know that Amber is available if you are a small business owner to do a consultation because that is the other thing. If you are a small business owner, even if you have a side hustle, you know, we are exposed with our PayPal's and our cash apps and all of these other accounts that you utilize uh, to do transactions and to do business. And without a VPN, you really are in a vulnerable situation. So you do you go to Starbucks and you're like, oh, OK, I'm going to just PayPal that to you. You're on you're on Starbucks Wi-Fi. You're vulnerable. So. You know, I take it a little bit uh, further. You know, our phones via Droid or iPhones, they have the NFC radar radio transmission going on. So say you're trying to do a payless transaction, those terminals can actually be affected and get breached. And then you have organizations that reside in Atlanta that shall remain nameless. They don't want to have to deal with those breaches because Clover is one of the biggest retail uh transactions places where everybody want to go wireless everybody want to use those types of mechanisms to do their transactions so they just because you have the technology and you want to go wireless or cashless you still prone to some type of vulnerability when it's all said and done i believe in the paper money i believe in the coin the chain chain but again just because you have a card uh that has the chip or even on your phone you still gonna get hacked the you know those cards supposed to have like six to nine different sections that's probably so secured, but it is still subject to being breached. Just like how you had the black magnetic strip on the back of the cards, it was still able to get breached. So you just have to be mindful as for how you want to do your transactions. Mm -hmm. All right, system. Well, just to that point, before I ask the other question, so do you use PayPal or Cash App or Zelle or any of those? Square? Do you use any of those? <laughs> I do. And when I was with a particular organization, uh, I was able to set up the PayPal and Square accounts uh, based off of some activity, but it needed to be secured. But anytime you have accounts like PayPal, Zelle, uh, Vimo, Cash App, things of that nature, you have to be mindful that you can still be hacked. You can still be 
breach because that stuff is tied to your personal bank account. So if your account is compromised, you have to see if that organization like Cash App, for example, they have a security fraud department. They should be able to retract the funds that's needed at that time by contacting your personal bank and see where it trans, you know, transpired. But I like PayPal as far as being secured. Square the same way because Square and Cash App has that relationship. They part of the same organization. So again, I like secured, but I don't use all type of terminals that's not going to be secure. But again, a, op a open Wi-Fi using those types of uh, t banking transactions is not going to be the best thing to do. So I would definitely recommend another option. But again, that's your personal prerogative. It, at least you get to change your passwords when it comes to PayPal. And as well as Cash App, because, you know, you can change your PIN or you can change the email address, whatever association that you want to. But again, it, it's about your responsibility because that's your financial data on your phone or on your tablet or whatever the case may be. I would definitely change the password if need be. And then you also got to keep in mind a lot, a lot of your phones might have the biometric feature. So say they can't hack into the phone itself. They might be able to mimic your fingerprints. So, you know, you got to keep all that stuff in mind with your iris uh, or your fingerprint biometrics. So there's, there are different ways of hacking. But, you know, you just have, have to have error on the side of caution at this point. Okay, yeah. so this is like this is like what's that movie? Tom Cruise movie? How they go? When he put the with the put the the eyeball in of the eyeball to like log into the account. Remember that? What was that movie? What well, I um, no, no, it wasn't. I um, yeah, because it was about future crimes, Minority Report. Yeah. So you telling me, and you telling the people out there, people, y'all real quiet. So y'all must be scared right now. Are, are they? Are, <laughs> yeah, are they, scared. They are they online trying to change their password one or the other. Mm -hmm. um, is. Uh, so our biometrics can be mimicked and we are vulnerable there as well. So we take for granted that we just have our phone and can use our fingerprint. Um how, how do we like because we can't change our fingerprints, like how can we um avoid our biometrics. Do you suggest even using biometrics or stick with traditional passwords and um passcodes that can be changed on a regular basis? I will highly recommend using a combination of both to be more secure because I know for Samsung phones you can do the iris scans to unlock your phone as well as uh iPhones, but I just learned I think Apple was going to do it in the foreseeable future, or they already have done it with the biometric with the phone. At least I know with my older <laughs> iPhone, I can, you know, you can do the biometric on just your thumbprint. I would say the more secure you are, the better, because you just never know what might happen. I know I do it for my tablet. It just, you know, with my eyes, it can open up. Nobody else can see but me. Same thing with my phone, uh, with the with the pen or my fingerprints or my or my eyes, and same thing with my iPhone. I could just you know use my fingerprint I, again. Biometric would probably be the most secure than the passcodes and the passwords because if you don't have a higher level of authentication and the integrity to prove yourself, then your confidentiality is basically screwed at this point. They really won't recognize who you are. So biometric would probably be the most secure at this point. You know, I can't pass the fingerprint test over there at the airport because it's inconclusive. 
I have sweaty palms. So, of course, when I go through the machine, it might not pick up. But if I was to use the, the clear terminal, it can pick up just based off my retina. But you have a higher chance of getting randomly searched. You know, again, people look at you like you might be a threat. You might be that terrorist. You know, it, your whole identity, your fingerprints, your eyes, everything, it follows you along the way. So, again, error on the side of caution. You just have to protect yourself at all times. Well, I use the finger uh, printing for clear. Um, I don't know. Something just really bothers me about the retina scan. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is. You don't I, put your eye up there? You don't do yeah, that? I don't. I'm like, <laughs> you take two fingers and that's it. But um, one, of, one of the things that I wanted to ask you to talk about, because I know when people think about cybersecurity, Okay, we talk about social media, we talk about our personal devices, we talk about things like that. Or if we talk about larger breaches like the credit you um, credit reporting companies or Target or what have you, it's like, oh, wait, did I shop there? Did, am I a part of it? And if I'm not a part of it, okay, no worries. I'll just go back to kind of doing the same things that I typically did. But one of the things that I'm always uh, curious about is um, like bioterrorism and how cybersecurity impacts certain things like, you know, all of our, our, our water supply, or even if you have, this is not bioterrorism, but if you have a, a, a Tesla, for example, a Tesla has a lot of data that sits into the car. So there are other ways that your, your, that security can be breached that can impact society on a grander scale than on just the personal one-on-ones scale. Are there more threats in terms of what could happen if, say, hackers got into, you know, our military system or, or something like that? You have to realize that we are living in the foreseeable future of what the Jetsons was portrayed in the 50s with Hannah Barber. You projecting, okay, we will have cars floating up in the sky. We will have the treadmills. We will have the big computer screens and we will have the robots. Okay, 50, 60 years passed by. We are now in the age of cybersecurity and the internet of things. I had a car that was a basic car. It had satellite radio. It took me to point A to point B, but due to an unforeseen circumstance, I had to get a new car. This new car is now an Internet of Things car. It has satellite radio. I can pick up the scores. Uh, I can look at the radar to see where the weather's coming. I can look at the latest movies. I can I can literally go to my phone and go to the app and just say, unlock the doors, unlock the doors, or change the air, things of that nature. Where to depending on the need of technology. And yes, there's several research reportings on cars and GPS is being hacked. It's been proven time and time again at hacking conventions like Red Hat. Uh, not Red Hat, but Black Hat. There's one that's um, hacker halted that I went to in Atlanta. Love the hat, it's so pink. But you know, they have those informations that tell you how to hack. Here are the vulnerabilities that could be subjected to these types of things. You know, when we watch these movies like Our Robot and Terminator and Robocop and things of that nature, we just looking at it from a sci-fi standpoint. This is the foreseeable future. This is the real ordeal in regards to terrorism, the the ordeal of our safety and cybersecurity. You know, my, one of my favorite couple of movies have been Hacker with uh, 
Jolie and some other people. I love Eric Snowden and his uh, principal on what he was doing at the time for uh, the CIA and just understanding the government records, things of that nature. I like Steve Jobs and his movies and stuff like that. We just need to be educated. And a lot of that stuff starts from having real awareness and training so you can protect yourself. I can't use the mantra, it starts at home. You know, behavior starts at home. But cybersecurity really starts with the education piece from your IT personnel and people that you really know that can actually help you and groom you to protect yourself because we can watch all the news, fake or non-fake, as for what's going on. We just need to be mindful as for are we really being protected at this point? And unfortunately, it starts from government. You know, we really didn't have a true uh, cybersecurity lead at this point. Don't know if we still got a lead because the man keep on getting on social media talking to everything else upon Timber too. But if you don't say a lot of things on social media, you might be able to protect yourself. So again, a lot of that stuff starts from your true IT personnel that's supposed to teach you the basic foundation on how to protect yourself. Well, and, and you mentioned the Internet of Things, and that's okay. The- yeah, can you pause there for a second? Because I have a question over okay. on the. Uh, I have a couple questions here over oh on gosh. the um, on my watch party. So one said, "Is getting a privacy screen helpful? Like privacy screens for tablets, phones, etc." Are privacy screens helpful? It really don't matter because people can log into the back end and see what you're doing. If it is a dark filter privacy screen and you're using it for work, it's definitely uh, helpful and it's protecting of your data because nobody else can see it. And it minimizes the use of uh, shoulder surfing. Um, There are some devices that you can pick up from the store. I normally get it for free at the conferences that they have those little slips that you could put over your camera, on your tablet, on your laptop, or over your phone. They'll probably minimize how many times somebody's looking through your camera because they always say Big Brother's always watching. But, you know, technically it is kind of true because they can just tap that phone. I'm not trying to scare you just that and the other, but if you want those type of film protectors, you can get it. It, it'd probably be best for you to do so. Well, and I, I would like you to talk about that because I had to take mine off of my phone because I just couldn't use the camera. <laughs> but I used to have the little the little shutter and people always say, well, what is that? And I say, you know, that's to close off my camera um, so that when I'm not using it, you know, people can't tap into it. And, and folks just don't understand that. Like they don't understand like you, for, for our computers, our phones, our tablets, each one of them, there's a camera built in. And I believe the iPhone actually did have an issue where at one point before people were faced, it was through the FaceTime app, people could see and hear the other person before the call actually connected. So can you give a little bit more on why that, you know, why we, why we do close off those cameras well you know they always say gadgets always have a mind of their own they tend to be problematic but i think it's more of the level of security again the error on the side of caution you just want to protect yourself at all times i'm not saying that the average five-year-old can sit up there and hack into your phone and take a whole bunch of pictures i mean it is possible but i think if you set the settings for only you can open up your phone and only you can access that camera it'll probably be a little bit better but if you want to get the shutter for it fine if you don't want to get the shutter for it that's even better but 
I would rather use it for a tablet or a laptop than trying to use it for a phone because, again, uh, the phone is an app. You can disable that app whenever you want to versus disabling the camera feature on your tablet or laptop, which you can do that as well, but we're not using it as heavy versus your cell phone. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, we have a comment here. It says, too late, already scared. Just what Jody <laughs> says. She's scared. <laughs> Jody, um, what are we going to do, Jody? I'm like, dang. All right. But I did I did want to go back because you mentioned Internet of Things. And, you know, I work in that area as as well. No, I'm, I'm not a hacker. But um, the, the idea here is that we love the idea of being connected. Right. Um, but at the same time, we have so many devices that are connected. I mean, we have smart refrigerators. So it's like if someone hacked into your refrigerator, <laughs> you know, or like I said, the car example, um, a lot of our it can hack into your car while you're driving down the road right. and shut it down. And, and I'm saying, and and you have municipalities that you know our water system and all of these things have um, a lot of computers attached to them. Um, and and you, I love that you use even a treadmill as an example. And one of the things that I saw today, Apple has a new. Um, commercial out about privacy, but they even reference, you know, we put a lot of our health information in our phones and how our health data is something that we want to keep private, but is also um, very important stuff. So, you know, data is like how they use the content is king, data is king. So, um, so what, what are your thoughts about, you know, how do we protect our health information that's on our phone? I, again, to go back to the era of the side of caution, because again, Internet of Things, there's nothing wrong with having Internet of Things. You just have to be educated as for what it's all about. But at the same time, we, we live in an age where everything is about the cloud, everything about Internet of Things, everything is about automation. You want your life to be so simple when it's all said and done. Instead of having powered windows in your car you had to roll it down crank it up manually instead of using your app on your phone to turn up or down the heat or air you know we used to just walk to the wall and fix that thermostat we're we're now becoming the society of being too lazy when it's all said and done you know you mentioned the thing about a smart refrigerator why would i sit up here and have a smart refrigerator to tell me everything that i need to know when i can just turn on the tv you know again we have a smart tv we have a fitbit or we have the apple watch we we just too dependent on technology that we starting to lose the basic skills in order to survive you know what are you going to do when that little so-called phase stunt in regards to Internet of Things and, and smart smart whatever technology fades away. You know, it's going to be another new latest and greatest technology that's come about. Again, it's about self-awareness and education because just because it has the word smart in front of it don't mean you really 100% smart. You still dumb as two left shoes when it's all said and done. You know, I got a smartphone. It's not making you smart. It's just making you more dumb. And I agree with Joe to get the flip phone. You know, having a smart refrigerator is not going to make you smart because you're not going to pull in calories, open and closing the door. You know, it just, people just need not 
waste money on things that you really don't need. You don't need a smart TV to get on the internet when you can just use your phone and just get on your computer or tablet. You don't need a smart refrigerator to tell you how cold the temperature is. Just use the knob and it just, you know, you're taking technology for granted and not using it for the greater good, but just using it for uh, the greater sense, which is lust and gluttony and just being lazy when it's all said and done. And I think the point I just wanted to make there is like we are so connected that all of those things could be vulnerable. And I just I think we only think about it in the terms of our cell phone or we only think about it. I don't even it. think we think about it for our cell phone. I think people really think about it from their computers. I don't think they realize that the, your phone is actually a mini computer. You know, this is a mini computer in our hands. I don't think of, I don't think people think about it with their vehicles. Like you said, if you have a satellite radio, that means that you, that satellite that's up there in space that we don't see is following us. <laughs> it's following our every move that we're making. I think we take it for granted to the point Amber's making about convenience. Um, we are a society of convenience. And then so to her point, what is that doing to us for our our mental sharpness and capabilities and capacities that we don't even flex anymore? I posted an article the other day in my Spring into Leadership group, how it talked about how you need to, how writing, like the act of physically writing pen to pad stimulates certain areas in our brain. And I'm like, many people are hard pressed to even just use a pen and paper anymore. Right. Well... Amber, my, my last question, and I'm going to share that, is, so, as you said, for those who are not on social media, which, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, as do most people, I, I believe, because we're so inundated with so much information, um, but at the same time, like this platform, you know, we have to have social media accounts in order to have this platform, but for those of us who are already here, so I would say if you're not here, obviously you're not seeing this, but when I, I have friends who are not on social media at all and I tell them, don't, don't get on it, like stay away. But for those of us who are, you told us about the browsing, you told us about changing our passwords. Um, you, you've explained about getting a personal VPN, not using uh, the public Wi-Fi. But should we be on social media or should we just get off? I think it's a personal preference when it's all said and done. Um, I took the opportunity to take a break off of Facebook as a whole and just not comment, which served me some greater good. But after tonight, it might be a different story. <laughs> but I think that the situation is that we're dealing with somebody like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, who always been in the news for several things pertaining towards the platform and the issue with data being sold and not being protected and privacy issues. And again, it go back to your national, local, regional legislators as for enforcing those types of rules and, and parameters that's in place. Because again, those ads that were dealing with the last campaign were bots that were created from Russia. You know, those are paid. Again, it's a platform, it's the, the coding apparatus that actually being implied on social media. You know, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, they show marketing platform. You know, it's it can be used for the greater good or it can be used for malicious things. So again, it's up to you as well how you want to go about it. But I feel that for somebody who created this platform at Harvard University, who was a college dropout making all this money, I would think that security would be the number one 
concern that goes on because people fail to realize that anything that you put in social media is out there in the service and by law you must have your attorney to get those to record so say if you want to do a suicide attempt on snapchat or facebook it's up there on the server by law you need an attorney to pull that record that institution can be sued and shut down by fcc that that's a regulation that needs to be more secured and enforced at this point you talk about the freedom of speech and the freedom to say whatever you want but at the same time is it really worth you embarrassing yourself when the time you get ready to apply for a job again it's some of that stuff starts at home but at the same time some of that stuff starts with the education and awareness on how to govern yourself when it comes to social media again i'm very unapologetic i have gone off on several topics and things that may be good and may be bad and, and you know again i have to be responsible for my own consequences and repercussions but at the same time i'm unapologetic because when it's all said and done, if if I'm not going out there selling my body on social media and doing anything fine, I'm just speaking my mind, then that's fine. But again, it's how you govern yourself. How you portray yourself on Facebook is probably totally different how you portray yourself on LinkedIn, which is owned by Microsoft. You know, you dealing with these big headhunter organizations that all they want is the money. If they can find a platform for us to be engaged, they're gonna find ways to make it money. Even though Facebook is free, it being paid by the revenue from those ads. Even though LinkedIn is free, if you get a premium uh, platform, then you're going to have to pay for it. So I guess it based on how you want to govern yourself accordingly. But when it's all said and done, you know, you make the choices as for how you want to govern yourself on social media. So if you don't want to be on it, great. If you want to be on it, you need to be educated. There are books for that. There's webinars on that. Just ask. I don't mind giving you the best feasible advice. You know, again, we live in the age that now churches, especially black churches, even some white churches, they have to find other avenues and outlets as for how to reach the souls that need to because folks don't want to be in church all day like you we all like to watch football or soccer or baseball or whatever the case may be but if it can be convenient for us watching it on social media that's how you're going to reach out towards the masses because this new generation believes in the power of social media i believe in the power of social media for the greater good if it's going to be given the word but anything that's still like suicide attempts and it being live streaming you seeing it or somebody child being you know taken away or we need to watch the news for xyz it happens you know well, we just know, have to go how, how, how do we hold mark zuckerberg and how do we hold facebook accountable to be more secure because to your point if, if with with over 70 what billion people on the platform now it just seems like that should be paramount. He keeps um, going in front of Congress, you know, as we were talking about earlier, Joyce Beatty, um, the um, on the Financial Services Diversity and Inclusion Subcommittee, and she she gave him the business the other day, um, rightfully so. But it's um, how do we hold these companies accountable for protecting us when we are on social social media, and can our can our uh, Congress people actually Hold them to account. Yes, and we we must be mindful of the congressmen and women that actually paved the way for us. And you know, again, they are a reflection of us at this point in time. So I would definitely say that 
with them right right complain as much as you can you know now a lot of these congress people are on twitter they are on facebook you know tag them they'll hear they'll have somebody on their team to read that information they they can't deny or block you like 45 will but if you make your presence known and you email them or you tweet them or you go to Facebook and complain, or you go to the regulations and you complain, obviously they have to do something because we're tired of seeing them on C-SPAN talking about, well, we doing something for the greater good, but the reality is you're doing something for the greater good, but why we got to sit up and pull your information from the server? When you got all these databases around these United States and you're not doing anything to protect the people, but they constantly posting stupid stuff on, on the video feeds. You know, again, it making you look bad because you're paying billions of dollars in your data center to hold all this data in your servers. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, one more question and then we got to go. So one person says, okay, Google, okay, Google answers immediately. Is it possible? See my phone when I said, okay, Google, look, it sure did. It popped up, right? Y'all see that? Oh, wait, let me get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is it possible that they hear us beforehand? Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, so here's the thing. If you have an app, it don't matter what the app is. When 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 it pops up, when you open a new app and it says you get permission to your photos, do you get permission to your camera? Do you get permission to your microphone? So once you have given permission for it to use all those aspects, it's on in the background all the time. And that's why it's listening. Pretty much. I mean, I'm looking at what Jody said about Alexa. And I remember the two instances at times where um, it, and it was kind of funny. I heard it two different situations with this one issue um that was a pastor and the pastor had the child to come up there say hey siri how do you do blah 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 and he, he gave the answer just like right now uh, i just say hey siri and it just started um started going through the commands you know you can kind of disable a lot of those fiction you know those settings in the in the fixtures for those but when it comes to something like alexa which is a new technology that amazon is trying to be in competition with apple siri you know we have to be mindful as for money it, it's about convenience and what do you want same thing like a little child she got up there made a little wish list saying uh hey alexa i would like to have this 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 this, this, this. and not realizing that it's associated to the parent account and two days later ups come to the house over a thousand dollars worth of stuff that the child asked for but you know the end result end up being yeah the child got punished but they donated the gifts that the child wanted to the greater good those that were less fortunate and didn't have it. because you know we get fixated over the concept of automation you know you constantly got to have it on demand again we used to walk on two two legs and feet and arms and hands walking to the store to get stuff or getting into the car or getting to the bus to go on to point A to point B. Now we getting a little bit too complacent and lazy having stuff on demand because we are constantly on the go. Alexa is good, but at the same time, there are certifications and I mean several certifications on hacking and one of them having to be Amazon Alexa. You know, everything is going towards the cloud. Everybody wants to have some type of means of conveniency at this point. So I just feel that we just need to be mindful as well 
how technology can be used for the greater good as well as for the greater bad. I mean, it sounds kind of different for me to say greater bad, but, you know, it's great to those that want to do malicious things. So we just have to be mindful as for what we want to do. But if your child or anybody decides they want to order a whole bunch of stuff on Alexa or Siri, please utilize voice recognition and just basically turn that sucker off so they cannot order anything else. That, and that probably save you and your bank account a lot of money. Otherwise, you're going to think you've been hacked. Right. That part. Okay. Look, we already over a few minutes, and um, and so one thing having like two or three more questions. But, we, yeah, but you know what's interesting is that one of the things I heard is um is that you know on the dark web. So here's the thing. Um, we know that data is king. So like you said, is con not just content is king. It's the information, right? So we know that data, data mining is is king um, in terms of it's really a new industry. It's an industry that has never been around before. And that's why, I mean, while our Congress people do, they keep bringing Facebook up there, Mark Zuckerberg, because he's the most known. But where's the CEO of Google? Where's the CEO of Apple? Where are oh, he been on now? You got to realize, you got to realize data is money. That's a concept of data at rest, meaning when that data is at rest, it's not being moved, but data in use, meaning we're using Facebook right now. That's data that's going from point A to point B to point C to to its end result. And then data in transit is constantly moving at all times. So again, if you don't have the security parameters at bay and you dealing with data mining and the algorithms and artificial intelligence, that's your money maker. So look at it like this when you're dealing with your financial transaction data is money yeah you want your money to grow or do you want to lose your money mm. you know it, 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 it's all about how you want to protect your assets because uh, Nate, you're going to have a depletion of funds when it's all said and done that's what's going on with the data issue because you have to hold these ceos from microsoft and google and facebook accountable Facebook owns Instagram. Snap, Snapchat is owned from a different platform. Twitter is owned from a different platform. You know, we have to hold these CEOs accountable. It does not matter the type of education you have obtained or whatever your status is all about. If we want this platform, we're going to demand this platform, but you need to protect us in this platform because that's your livelihood. Again, to go back to the concept, the blood is on your hands. Mm -hmm. If something happens, we are responsible, but at the same time, you're going to take a hit. Mm -hmm. That that's what's going on right now because you're a money maker. And Facebook and also, yeah, and Facebook also on WhatsApp too, which many of us like to use, especially when we travel abroad. So, but it's not just the data is money, and so your name, your social security number, your biometrics, your profile, your mother's maiden name, all of those things are also worth money on the dark web. A profile is worth, um, you know, I mean, you can get, I think what I heard in one report is like three to $3,000 per profile based on how valuable the information is on the dark web. So each of us is worth a lot of money. So is and that we have happening when we get these people that we've already friended on social media and then... I get a comment in on messenger and it's like, like the other day it happened with my aunt and it was like, Hey, uh, and I knew it wasn't her just because of the way the the questioning was asked. 
And I just, I usually just take a screenshot and send it to the person and say, hey, you should update your passwords or stuff. But is that what they are, um, they're doing, they're creating these profiles from the dark web and then trying to convince us to. Uh, again, again, they're trying to do it for the greater bad. <laughs> and I'm going to keep using that analogy. People doing it for malicious intent. You know, when we hear about disgruntled employees want to do malicious things or plan attacks and bombs, uh, viruses that's what i'm referring to as for the bombs those types of attacks you know the consequence is going to be that you're going to serve time in jail and you're going to pay this lofty fine you know again you need to be constant as for the activity what goes on for how long are you online change your passwords in this case with facebook you need to change it every 60 days because you just never know what type of attack is going on you, you know we we used to think of the concept back in the day microsoft used to have patch tuesdays and vulnerability wednesdays because they always testing out the latest and greatest patches for the devices but now in the age of social media and you know you got kids eight nine 10 years old that's hacking into systems like it ain't nobody business ain't doing better than the professionals on top of that you know we just need to be mindful as for what's going on because like you said our name our biometrics our passwords our livelihood is associated with the social media platform so we just need to be diligent as for what's going on and we need to educate the people at hand as for what's going about because when it's all said and done, Mark Zuckerberg is going to pay the price for all of this. And they just need to be better security parameters when it comes to the social media platform. Mm. So, yeah, Chrissy, when you got that message from because I got one of them do hey, those videos. Hey, is this you? They're just trying to get into your system. It is another way you can viruses. Yep. They're trying to get into your system. All right. If y'all are not thoroughly scared enough. Things we can do. So I'm gonna just go through the checklist of things we can do because we gotta end this show because we, we could be on here for a whole nother hour. So things we can do. A, we can change our passwords every 60 to 75 days. If you're old like me, that gets hard to do because it's like, Lord, I can't remember another password. So changing our passwords, having a personal VPN. Um, there are some personal VPN out there using a, a more secure browser. Um, uh don't get don't allow convenience to be a trap and actually um you, you know make sure that your systems are secure if you're going to use any of the internet of things um type of alexas and you know okay googles or anything like that so i said it again it seemed it's asking me how can it help me um <laughs> Secure privacy. That's a like cyber security. That's how you can help me. Secure yes. information. Yes. So <laughs> those are things that we can do right now, each and every one of us, to ensure that we are, are safe and secure and do not operate on open Wi-Fi's unless you have a personal VPN or you or you carry around your own um you carry around your own um Wi-Fi device that is secure for you. So anything else we can do in closing? You can reach out to me on my website at www.acw for my full name, Cyberang, C-Y-B-E-R-A-N-G, because I am that boomerang to help your organization to bounce back. Definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. I am highly visible on there, giving some type of 
affirmation saying I am a cyber unicorn because we definitely need more women in the practice uh, being that advocate because again, we need to be more inclusive and have more diversity in this industry. So definitely reach out as much as possible. Okay, let me make sure I have that right. www.acwcyberrange.com. Rang, like a boomerang. C-Y-B-E-R-A-N-G. Cyberrang.com. Okay, I put two R's in it. So cyberrang.com. We're going to put that there. And folks, we're going to thank you for showing up tonight, for hanging in there for a little longer. We ask that you like, follow and share this. If you found this informative in any way, shape or form, I think one of the keys that Amber said over and over again, it's about knowledge and knowledge is power. And with that knowledge, we can protect ourselves and we can also, um, you know, find actually more cybersecurity professionals are needed because more and more things are going online and for convenience. So with that being said, we're going to sign off for tonight. I thank you so much for tuning in. And Amber, um, we probably going to need to have you back to have a whole nother conversation about the next wave of things. So we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Not a problem. Again, it is acwcyberang.com take out the e like a cyber ring like a boomerang you got range okay hold on let me do this again because see i'm all messed up www.acwcyberang yeah r-a-n-g okay dot com all right i'll go correct it Bye, y'all. Sister, you want to say something? Uh, just hold a line there, Amber. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if this movie live platform can. All right. Hold the line, Amber and Christina. Peace, everybody. Bye. Thank you all.